Hello, everyone. I hope and pray all is well with you and yours. My name is Dr. Manette, and welcome back to my podcast, Sow in Peace. The purpose of this podcast is to help and encourage believers to properly sow in peace in their homes, marriages, friendships, workplace, and especially in the body of Christ. Sowing in peace simply means to reflect God's character in all that we say and do. But before I get started, I first want to say thank you to all of God's listeners. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to this podcast. And furthermore, I want to remind you, as I encourage you, I am also encouraging myself. And always remember that I am on this faith journey and never road that leads to life right along with you. And if you're new to this podcast, I want to say welcome. I pray to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he richly blesses you and encourage you through his word today. And today's topic is called Submission Part 2. And the passage that I'll be reading from comes from the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 20. And I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible version. So if you want to follow me, as usual, you know what to do. Go ahead and grab your Bible. And it says, starting at verse 2, Submit yourselves to the authority of every human institution for the sake of the Lord to honor his name, whether it is to a king as one in position of power or to governors as sent by him to bring punishment to those who do wrong and to praise and encourage those who do right. For it is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence, muzzle, gag the culpable, ignorance and irresponsible criticism of foolish people, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or pretext for evil, but use it and live as bond servants of God. Show respect for all people, treat them honorably, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters, your leaders, instructors, rulers, with all proper respect, not only to those who are good and kind, but also to those who are unreasonable, for this finds favor. If a person endures the sorrow of suffering unjustly because of an awareness of the will of God, after all, what kind of credit is there if, when you do wrong and are punished for it, you endure it patiently? But if, when you do what is right and patiently bear undeserved suffering, this finds favor with God. <clears throat> now, the purpose of this passage is about, is about Christian submission. Um, but in this episode, I'm actually going to talk about Christian submission in the midst of suffering because I believe that um, suffering produces different responses to unexpected circumstances or hardship, which in turn is determined by the believer's ultimate submission to God. Um, also, in this episode, I want to discuss the overarching theme of submission, which affects um which I believe affects every institution God has ordained. Um, ordained. My goal in this episode is to not merely focus on submission to governmental authorities, but to the other authorities as well um, that's instituted and established by God as well. Um, as stated in the last um, podcast, the definition of submit, um, I explained the definition of submit or submission, which is uh, one's ability to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person or subject to a particular process, treatment, or condition. When I put this definition of submission in a biblical perspective, as it pertains to suffering, it means the ability to willfully position oneself in service to God while experiencing distress, misery, or agony as a consequence of human sin against God. Uh, now, the word suffering typically has a negative connotation to it because it is usually tied to sorrowfulness, unhappiness, grief, and agony. And because we live in a broken and fallen world, um, suffering is usually unavoidable for any human being. But on a positive note, suffering can actually make us more resilient and um, it can 
um, be good for us because it can help us better able uh, to endure hardships, especially when we are having hardships and difficulties at work, um, at church, in the ministry, or even in our own household. Um, just as when we work out our muscles, you know, we have to endure pain so that those muscles can be built up. Um, it's the same for us as believers. We have to endure um, pain emotionally so that we can be strengthened, we can become strong, and we can become immovable in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason for our uh, suffering is twofold. Uh, most or all of us are affected deeply by suffering that comes from the consequences of our first parents, Adam and Eve, who sinned against God, which is found in the book of Genesis chapter three. Uh, this sin has um, entered into the world and has disease written every inch of God's creation, causing us to temporarily live in a broken world. Um, our parents, our first parents sin against God has brought in two forms of death, which is spiritual and physical death over all creation. And this death has separated us from God eternally um, unless we have been born again. However, but even if we are made new in Christ, the Bible says that we will still suffer as believers as Christ did, and we will still moan and groan under the weight of sin as with of all creation. So for example, you know, many of us Christians, we will um, experience many troubles in this world. We'll experience mental suffering, physical suffering, emotional, or even spiritual suffering. Um, some in some aspects and some of us in every aspect of our lives. You know, the Bible tells us uh, in Psalm 34, 19, that many um, hardships are perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, um, but the Lord does rescue us all out of all of them. If you uh, go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting around verse 8 through 12, it says that believers, we are pressured in every way. We're hedged in, but not crushed. Uh, we're perplexed, unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone. We're struck down, but never destroyed. And that we're always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so that the res um, so that the resurrection of life of Jesus um, will be shown in our bodies. Um, any of us who are constantly living for Christ, we will experience the threat of being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the resurrection of life of Jesus also may be evidence in our mortal body, which is subject to death. So in other words, physical death is actively pursuing us and working in us, and but spiritual life is actively pursuing us and working in us as well. Um, now, on the other hand, you know, some of us, um, we endure suffering, uh, not necessarily because of um, our um, the original sin, but because we simply make foolish choices. Uh, when we are defiant, uh, we bring afflictions such as hardship and disdain and difficulties upon ourselves. Uh, Psalm 107.17 tells us that some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. Uh, so many of us suffer because... Um, Many of us, we suffer because we don't fear the Lord. And when we don't fear the Lord or when we don't know the Lord, um, we don't have knowledge and we don't have understanding. You know, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So some of us, you know, we suffer because we hate knowledge. We don't want knowledge. Uh, we have a one-track mind. We like seeing things our own way. Uh, we're not flexible, so we don't gain proper insight or perception in certain matters. <clears throat> For instance, maybe, um, you know, as a wife, um, 
you know, if my husband or anyone's husband has been trying to tell us something and um, we, we might feel that um, they're wrong. <clears throat> and so we refuse to hear what they have to say. Uh, we might start arguing or fussing and going our own way. Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 2, that a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Meaning, uh, we only accept our own view on our view, so we suffer hardship in our marriage. That is a hardship that we have brought upon ourselves. Or maybe, uh, you know, sometimes if we're quick-tempered people and we have no self-control and we're not able to receive counsel from, you know, maybe leadership at work or leadership in a church or even our to our from our counsel from our own spouse at home we bring hardship um, on ourselves in those environments um, causing us to suffer maybe you're a person that or you know i'm sure i mean i've been that person too where we always have something to say you know um giving full vent to our spirit um the bible tells us in proverbs 29 11 that a only a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. You know, um, maybe, you know, sometimes we suffer because we choose not to rule our spirit. Um, we are people who lash out because our, uh, because of having a spirit of offense. You know, um, <clears throat> a lot of times when we do that, it's because our heart is not strong in the word of God. So anything that comes our way, um, it feels like a blow to our heart. We take it as an insult, but it's not always that way. It's because we have not chosen to guard our hearts. And the Bible says, um, tells us to guard our heart for the issues of life flow, flow, sorry, for the issues of life flows from it and it defiles us. Um, <clears throat> so as you can see, uh, we suffer um, because of living in a broken and fallen world and, and because of making foolish choices. And these types of suffering can position us as um, human beings for one or two responses regarding any circumstances that come our way. Uh, we can choose to respond to suffering with humility or we can respond rebelliously. rebelliously sorry. For instance, uh, when, when we suffer because of a broken world, um, at that moment, you know what, that's not our fault. Um, but we can choose to put our trust in God and let him lead us and let him protect us and even hide us. You know, the Bible tells us that the Lord is our sanctuary. Uh, he's our shelter and he's there for us in the day of trouble. And he will hide us in times of trouble uh, when we're suffering. He will comfort us. Um, the Bible says that he's a strong tower and we're, our, we're his children and we can run right to him and we'll be safe. But we can choose to respond um, in another way. We can whine, we can scream, we can cry, we can pity ourselves, we can get angry, and we can lash out. Um, and this is the wrong response to God. But um, also when we actually bring suffering on ourselves, um, we can be prideful and continue to spiral down in life, you know, going the wrong way. Or knowing that we have brought suffering on ourselves um, from making foolish choices, we can decide, you know what, I'm going to bring this foolishness to God and I'm going to repent and I'm going to let him change my situation. Um, either way, um, whether we are suffering from um, natural consequences of sin um, from our first parents or because we've made um, foolish choices um, and brought it upon ourselves, God gives us a way out and that is through our response. 
but unfortunately um, in this world, many people, um, when it comes to suffering and hard times hit, or they're dealing with things, like I said, in the workplace or, you know, at home or at church, um, a lot of people will choose to rebel or respond in unreasonable ways. And their rebelliousness, their their response, it causes a lot of disharmony, it causes dissension, and it causes discord. And because of that, and be, because um, of those responses, God has ordained and established um, persons and institutions and authority to restr restrain that evil and to protect us from chaos and lawlessness in the world due to the natural result of sin. Um, these particular persons, are, um, they hold positions as rulers and leaders of nations, uh, Christian leadership, such as pastors and deacons and elders in the church and leaders in our household and Christian marriages, such as our husbands. And God has commanded us to submit, uh, meaning we ought to yield and come in agreement with them so that we can maintain good in the world, good in the church and good in our household. Now, <clears throat> before I get started on submission, I uh, I want to say why submission to authority is good. I know anytime anybody talks about submission at work comes up, it's like, whoa, I'm not doing that. Nobody's telling me what to do. I'm my own person. But actually, you know, submission is good because submission, it brings about a healthy fear on us. Um, it is like an invisible gate to our heart. Uh, submission helps guard our heart and helps us to not do things that we would normally do in the flesh. Um, <clears throat> Submission to any leader is also good for our protection in our lives because it brings us freedom. And it's actually a way uh, for us to show that we're submitted to God, that we have surrendered our life to God, and that we honor God. Um, submission brings order. It brings direction. It brings peace in our everyday lives for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And um, <clears throat> we're actually also rewarded for, for submissiveness. Um, if we're obedient to Christ, we can expect unimaginable blessings for being accommodating, for being humble, respectful, and modest in behavior. Um, we, um, and not only that, you know, we are also blessed, and the Bible said this is even more count worthy when we are submissive to those who are forward in spirit, meaning those who are difficult to deal with. I know there are some difficult people and it's so hard to be submissive and you just want to match their attitude. Like, no, you're not telling me what to get up in their face. But the Bible tells us that, nope, don't do that. You know what? Just just be at peace with that person. You know, listen to them. Don't fight them back. And the Bible said that's more account worthy for it's a thank worthy thing if a man keeps God in his conscience while enduring grief and suffering wrongly. So, you know, and the reason why, because, you know, even unbelievers, they can be kind towards other people, but they're not kind to people who are not kind to them. But what set us apart and make us more like Christ is when we're kind toward those people who are difficult and it keeps us separated. So it's a worthy thing that's a big reward for that. Um, so real quick, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. So any person or institution that um, abandons their function. Now, let me say it like this. Anytime God puts someone in leadership authority over us, that person is not always a believer, um, but everybody, everybody works for God. Everybody has a purpose on this earth and God has put them in their position. So anyone who abandons their function, um, their proper function of their role and, um, as a leader um, is no longer from God or operating according to God's purposes. So 
What I'm saying is that if anyone in authority or leader asks us to do something that opposes or is contrary to the will of God, then we right here obey God rather than man because all life stands under God's law and it is God that is the head of every man. But for us believers, um, for us to sh um, show honor to God with our lives in the midst of suffering, we have to submit to those in authority over us. And the, it's in the three institutions that I listed above, in government or human institutions, Christian leadership, and wives to the husband in the Christian household. So I want to provide some effective ways to sow in peace submission in the midst of suffering. And the first um, thing that we should do, we should make it our responsibility as believers to submit for the Lord's sake to any human institution or governmental institution. And the reason why 1 Peter 2.15 says, for it is the will of God that by doing right, we will silence foolish men. In other words, we can make them be quiet. We will not give them a reason to blame us for anything, and um, it will help us maintain the restraints that God uses to protect us from lawlessness and madness in this world. Uh, number two, we are we are to make it um, we ought to make it our responsibility to submit to leaders in the church. Um, it's because Hebrews thirteen seventeen tells us to obey our spiritual leaders and submit to them. We need to recognize their authority over us for they keep watch over our souls and continually guarding our spiritual welfare, welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship toward us. So we need to submit to Christian leadership so that they can do their job with joy and not with grief and groans for this would be no benefit to us. Um, When we submit to church leaders, it keeps a guard of our heart and it keeps us from bringing trouble in God's house. Um, so, you know, submission will stop us from bickering and fighting in the church um, because God sees us and he hears us and he will judge us for it. So be submissive to church leaders. Uh, number three to wives and we ought to make it our responsibility to submit to our precious husbands those pumpkins um, first peter 3 1 says wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives now i know many wives suffer um, with unbelieving spouses or even believing spouses who are living like an unbeliever and um, maybe you know your husband or you know, he doesn't lead the family right now. Maybe he's struggling emotionally and spiritually. And you, as his wife, you see his weakness, um, weaknesses. Maybe he won't go to church and he doesn't help with the kids or whatever it is. He doesn't help with anything that you need or doesn't notice anything you need. Or maybe he's trying to be a man, but trying to be a man in the wrong way. And um, <clears throat> you've kind of stepped back and you have observed his ways and your thoughts have become evil toward him because he's not leading the family. Well, Peter, he gives us instructions in this passage, and he's telling wives how to conduct themselves in order to bring her unsaved husband to Christ. And what he's telling us to be submissive to our husband, and we ought to recognize his leadership in the family, his God-appointed position. And this position is given to husbands regardless of what we think and how we feel. Um, his position in the house is to be honored, even if he's not walking in that position. Now, again, um, 
we don't do anything that dishonor God, if we don't sin, if our husband wants us to do something that is in opposition to what God wants us to do, but um, we always obey God rather than man. But what Peter is saying to us wives in this particular situation is he's teaching us how to deal with our unsaved husband, our, our husbands who are not obeying the word according to his position to help him. And Peter is saying, listen, be pure and be reverent, be respectful in manner. Um, be a wife, be a woman with gentle and quiet, with a quiet spirit, uh, Learn how to be persistent in winning um, our husbands over by our ways rather than by what we say, rather than by our words. Because men are most likely uh, to notice more of what we do than what we say. And it's probably not talking about, you know, cleaning and cooking, even those things are nice, even those you know, those things are nice and it's helpful to, you know, cook and have food on the table and have a clean house. But this has more to do with our hearts as a wife. I believe God wants us to possess true feminine beauty that has nothing to do with the way that we look on the outside, you know, putting on makeup and jewelry and nice clothes, but has more to do with possessing a true beauty that is has a modest outward look, you know, having an inner loveliness and enduring charm of a meek and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Um, it is good for us as women, as wives, to have a gentle and, and unassuming disposition that expresses itself in gracious submissiveness and loving concern for others, uh, meaning that, you know, we shouldn't be um, loud and boisterous. Um, we shouldn't go around the house uh, creating disturbances with our husbands, causing fights, you know, making our face look frustrated all the time or looking at them with that dumbfounded look <laughs> that we can give as wives. But Peter is saying that we as women, we need to have a true beauty that is a matter of character and not decoration, um, which is actually our true devotion and submission to Christ. Uh, number three, I am going to bring the husbands in because I didn't want to just solely be up on the wives, but I don't want to preach too much on husbands. I'll let men talk to you about that. But the Bible does tell us in 1 Peter 3, um, 7, that husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as uh, some um, as someone weaker since we are women and show um, her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers would not be hindered. Um, so I don't want to preach, but I will say that I can speak probably for most godly women that um, we as wives, you know, we just want you to be considerate and understanding um, when living with us and live with us in love and harmony. And we'd love for you to wash us with the word of God, um, treating us as respect, like the Bible says, as equal heirs of God's grace and his salvation. Um, we love to be honored. We want you to protect us and provide for us according to our needs. Most good godly women, we don't really, you know, care for you going out to get um, spoiled for us, as the Bible would say, but we just want you to provide for our basic needs um, and, um, and just do it according to your responsibility um, as Christ has put you head over us. Um, we, I think most women would like to be praised and treasured. Um, we want you to help us to love you and help us to help you according to God's word and will. Um, we don't want to be abused, you know, treat us in um, we don't want you treating us any kind of improper way, um, but we want you to 
treat us right, you know, um, to look after us and have a relationship with God and do it where your prayers won't be hindered. So that's just all I'm going to say when it comes to men submitting to um, his role as a husband to his wife. And number four, I think that we should all uh, submit to each other. First Peter chapter three, verses eight through 18 says, finally, all of us, should we should be like-minded. We should be united in spirit. We should be sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted. We ought to be courteous and compassionate toward each other as members of one household. We ought to be humble in spirit and never returning evil for evil or insult for insult. We um, ought to avoid scolding and berating and any kind of abuse toward each other. But on the contrary, the Bible tells us that we ought to pray for one another. We ought to be praying for each other's well-being, praying for each other's contentment and protection. Uh, for we are pretty much, we are very much called for this purpose, that we might inherit a blessing from God that brings well-being, happiness, and protection. You know, the Bible says, for the one who wants to enjoy life and see good days, good whether parent or not, must keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from speaking guile. So we ought to not speak treachery or deceit with each other, but we must turn away from wickedness and do what's right. We must search for peace with God, with self and with others. And we supposed to pursue it eagerly. Um, we need to pursue peace actively, not merely just desiring it. For the Bible says the eyes of the Lord looks favorably upon the righteous. That's the upright in spirit and his ears are attentive to our prayers and he eagerly answers us but the face of the lord is against those who practice evil okay so i want to um leave you with this note you know i know that um when we're suffering in certain situations whether it be work in our household at church or wherever it is you know with the government um it is very very hard to submit to those authority figures. You know, it, nobody wants to feel like the weaker vessel. But, um, you know, I just want to encourage you that, you know, God says that no one can hurt us if we choose to become enthusiastic for doing good, even if God allows us to suffer for the sake of righteousness. Um, you know, maybe you're at work and afraid or your spouse is not nice and maybe they are intimidating you and you're scared. So you fight back out of fear. You know, the Bible tells us that if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, the Bible says, blessed are ye and happy. And not only are you happy, but happy to be admired and favored by God, admired and favored by God. The Bible also says to not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of their intimidating threats and don't be troubled or disturbed by their opposition. But in your heart, Make Christ first and set him apart from all matters and make him Lord and master over you in every way so that when those people, when they decide that they're going to attack you and they're going to belittle you and they're going to slander <clears throat> and falsely accuse you for your good behavior in Christ, the Bible says that they'll be shamed by their own words for what they say against you. They'll be shamed by it. So it's better for us to suffer um it is better for us to suffer unjustly for doing what is right than for us to suffer justly for doing what is wrong. So I hope and pray that um, each of you, all of us, that we suffer for righteousness sake, even if it's God's will and submit to God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that he will deliver us and he will reward us in due time. This is Dr. Manette with So in Peace. God loves you and I love you. And next time we'll discuss submission. Uh, no, not submission. I just said that. Sorry. I'm not going to do a part three, but we'll discuss something else. Anyways, God bless you. Love you and have a good day.